Welcome to When Your Stars Align, a human design podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Devon. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, but especially human design, because I believe once we understand our chart, we realize we have complete permission to be ourselves. Each week, I'll be sharing the new pieces of human design that I'm personally learning about, or I'll share interviews with friends where we read their chart and explore how to use that information in their day-to-day life so that they can feel more authentic, experience more ease, and be more purposeful. Let's get started. In this episode, I sat down with my friend Katie, who's a splitic manifester and a 2-4 profile. Katie and I chatted about the manifester's not-self theme of anger and what it looks like when a manifester initiates and informs the people around them what they're doing. We also dove into what it's like to have an open head center, open Ajna center, open solar plexus, and open sacral center. It was a super fascinating conversation, and I hope you love it. Katie, hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me here. You're so welcome. Um, So you messaged me a couple weeks ago to do your chart reading for you, and I pulled it up, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's a manifester. I need her on the podcast. (laughs) It was one of the first things I asked you. I was like, will you be on my podcast? (laughs) Yeah, if everything goes well and we like yes. this. Let's, if let's you like your reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're happy with the results. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being here um, because manifestors are very rare. So we need all the, the insight and like, like look inside your brain that we can get. I'm here for it. Cool. Um, so I like to start every podcast episode by talking about how we know each other. And I thought about this briefly today. I don't remember exactly, but we go way back. Yeah, probably 10 years, I would, th- I would think, probably. Right. 10 Could years at least. I feel so old when people say that now. I'm like, 10 years? Really? Okay. I know. Okay. In my head, 10 years is still the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I think 10 years ago was Backstreet Boys. But that's on the oldie station locally here, which is just, yeah. that's, that's awful. But, yeah. Um, I think it's probably, like, now that I actually think about it, I think it's probably, like, 11 or 12, 12 or 13 years, maybe even. <laughs> oh, my God. Gosh, I never met in person. Interestingly enough, we were just never at the same event. So we were bloggers. We know each other from the internet, um, which is how I know most of my friends (laughs) online. Um, And we have, you went to bloggers in Sin City, right? I did not go to bloggers in Sin City. I went one year um, and we know lots of people mutually, but we have never met in person. No, unfortunately not. We'll have to change that someday. But we have so many crossover friends. Yes. Yes. So, I, I mean, I feel like I know you. Yes. We've been friends forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was really excited to learn that you're a manifester. Um, so manifestors are rare. But I have a few in my life. And Carly was on the podcast. And she's a manifester as well. So it'll be super cool to see, like, how this is different or what you guys feel like you have in common and talk about all of the things. Um, just so everyone knows, you also have splenic authority and a 2-4 profile, and you have the right angle cross of tension. Boom. I do. <laughs> you do. Um, so we did a reading a couple weeks ago, so you got like the full spiel of all of your gates and channels and centers, and then you were like, let this sink in, and then I'll have all the questions for you. So what questions do you have? 
<laughs> I did. I was like, yeah, I'll let you know. And I think a couple of days later, I said, well, I have like 50 aha yeah. moments, six yeah, questions, and I'm still working through it. Um, I think my biggest question, um, does it have to go in order? Do you usually start with manifester or can it be? No, let's just start it wherever you want to go. Yeah. So my biggest, um, gosh, I think my biggest question would have to do with the not self theme of mm -hmm. anger and how that relates to uh, my lack of decision-making skills when it comes to relationships and situations mm -hmm. and people in general. Um, because, you know, I've caught myself in so many relationships and friendships and situations where I just end up staying. And mm -hmm. I stay because I want to take care of them. And I don't want to admit that I can't do this. And I mean, I know from the beginning because of my, my spleen, I feel it in my spleen <laughs> that it's not going to work. So I know this, the situation is bad. The person is bad. The friendship's not going to work. Um, that burrito, I've never liked it before. I'm not going to like it this time. <laughs> but I stay there because, you know, I don't want to leave and I don't want to deal with the, um, the, the sadness and the after effects of it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to deal with the struggle. I think that's part of my life journey and my profile is that I don't want to deal with the struggle. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of like an endless loop. Uh, so I want to get out of this. I need to get out of the situation. Um, but I don't want to deal with the, the struggle. Uh, if I stay, I'm angry. Yep. If I leave, I have to struggle. Solve all my problems, please, Ashley. No, right? it's like either way, it's not going to be easy or feel good. Yeah. And I guess maybe that wasn't really a question. I don't know if you can solve that. Probably not. But I think that's more so of a struggle that I'm having with it. That was the biggest thing. Like, how do I, now that I know what I am and mm -hmm. how I operate, how do I start living that way? If right. that makes sense. Yes. Um, I like to call it an experiment, right? Because then it, takes off a little bit of the pressure of like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to be, like, quote unquote, supposed to be living. Um, so for me, it's the projector experiment. So for you, it can be the manifester experiment. Um, and manifestors, well, all of us, we have a type and then we have a not self. And we're, when we're not acting according to our type and our strategy, we end up falling into our not self theme. So for a manifester, you're meant to initiate. That's your strategy. You get this spark, this excitement, this drive, and you get it started. Um, and in these situations, that means starting the end of it, <laughs> initiating the breakup, initiating the boundary, like whatever needs to happen for you. Um, and if you're not initiating, if you're letting other people initiate, or if you're staying, even though you know you need to get out, you are going to feel anger. Um, that's just like the manifestors, not self. So when you're not acting according to your design, when you're not initiating, you are going to feel anger. That is the, the result that's going to come about. So that's something that you, now you can look back and see these patterns, right? Like you see the anger. Oh my gosh. Every yeah. single time I looked for examples and every single friendship that I've ended, mm -hmm. every single job that I've left, every single um, relationship that has not gone right or has ended, I've A, known uh, very well ahead that this wasn't 
wasn't right. I have it right feeling in my spleen. And then I just end up staying because I want to help. I want to fix. I want to stay. And I don't want to deal with the struggle because I don't have time for mm -hmm. six months of heartbreak. You know, I just don't want to deal with it. I want it to be over. Like, come on, let's go. You know, is, is that, um, but it's like, what's the trade off there? Like, which one would you, I know it's not an easy question, but which one would you rather have? Would you rather be stuck in it or feel angry or initiate it and then deal with the results that come out of it? I feel like that's the experiment you need to be living. Yeah, like, definitely. And I know the answer. Like, I yeah. know that I have, because everything good has come from dealing with that heartbreak, mm -hmm. dealing with separation, leaving that job, because now I'm in a place where I'm actually content and happy and thrilled to move forward but the trade-off has been that that sadness but I guess mm -hmm. it's all about not repeating old patterns now which is mm -hmm. just just more heartbreak on the way but it'll lead to better things is I guess the attitude that I need to have right well and I think like when you're living according to your design I think it becomes a little bit easier or it starts to feel more natural the more that you do it so maybe like over time, you'll be like, oh, this is, the, this is where the road splits. I can choose one direction or the other. And I know if I choose this way, it's going to be hard in the moment, but the long-term benefits are going to be so much easier. So it might be that's something that can kind of become like a, a muscle that you're building. Oh, I like that. Has it been um, challenging for you since you're doing your experiment has been a little bit unnatural because you're waiting yeah. for your invitations. Isn't that what you're yes. working on? Yeah. I like the opposite. So you have to start it and I just have to sit back and wait. And it's like, I just want to go out and make things happen. I want to like ask people out on dates. I want to like go get clients. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> you just have to sit here. You just have to wait and be patient. Uh -huh. um, and I think that's how it is for most of us is like, it's the opposite of whatever we usually do right? Because we've all been conditioned to do the other thing. So yeah, and learning all of it. Yeah, it's a struggle for me. I can relate because I, I guess I'm the manifester that's supposed to be coming out and asking you out. Well, for me, like I know my job as a manifester is to inform people. Yes. To start things, to initiate changes and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it's been, in a lot of situations, it's not wanting to inform as to not overstate my welcome or overstay my welcome mm. or to impose is more like it. Just, yeah. I don't want to impose on them. I don't want to start this thing. I don't want to tell people about what I'm doing because why bother? Because it's their time. They're not really going to care what I'm doing. So let me just do what I'm going to do. I'm independent. Leave me alone. I got this. I'll do it. Tell you later. Um, but it's, I need to inform people. I need to give them that invitation. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting for me to start telling people at work or my friends, like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm going to do. Not necessarily for you to tell me, no, don't do this, but right. I'm just telling you I'm getting in the car. Yes. So, so you, you know. what I'm doing and then you can decide what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. It's been interesting to think about it from that perspective instead of why do all these people want to know? Why do I have to tell them all these things? Why won't they leave me alone? It's my job to in inform them of things. I, I'm really curious. Like, I want someone to do a study on this, like, especially with women, women manifestors nowadays. And, like, 
because it seems like you have to have such a sense of like confidence and power and like security in yourself to be like, I've made up my mind. This is what my authority says, my spleen or whatever your authority may be. This is what I'm doing. And I don't care what you think. Like, I think a lot of us as women struggle with that. And so knowing that that's your design, I feel like it's, it's probably very challenging. Um, I, I don't know. I just find it very interesting. It is. It's definitely, it's counter. Like I've always known that I'm independent, fiercely independent, but now knowing why has been really insightful for me. I just thought it was, I didn't want to be bothered. Mm. I'm not a people person, even though all of my careers have been people, people play careers, but to understand that it's just because I don't informing people. They want to know like people like you, that you want to know what's going on. And my friends, you want that connection from people. You need it to take your ball and run with it. Um, so that's been really, really helpful for me to put things into perspective when I'm doing any kind of planning for projects at work or kind of imagining what I want my next relationship to look like um, and what role I'm going to play in that. Because it's been great to also look back at the mistakes I've made, not that... Mm -hmm. It was a one person mistake or anything um, in my relationships and friendships, but to see where I could have done better in that situation. So I don't have to repeat the past because that's all I've done is just over and over. It's like mm -hmm. Groundhog's Day. So that's been helpful for me in the short time that I've had this information. I've done a lot of introspection. Have you ever experienced, or I don't know if you can talk more about this, but they say like a manifestor's job is to inform like that's how you're supposed to like you decide and then you let the rest of us know what you're going to do before you do it. And one reason you do that is so that we don't feel like you're trying to control us like the rest of us. Um, and so then we know, so we don't have to try to control you because that's not our job either. So it like eases this control issue for everybody involved. Um, so I'm wondering like, have there been situations where maybe you didn't inform and then there was a control issue or you did inform and it eased it. I don't know. Like if you can think of it think. where that might've happened. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I know there have been times in friendships, relationships where, um, I was making a decision about a career, um, a career move, particularly in a relationship. I was thinking of moving away, um, mm -hmm. for this career. And I thought, well, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to move if I want to move. And I'll stay if I want to stay. Uh, it's a decision I need to make. Um, and then I went to my significant other at the time and was like, hey, I was presented with a job offer in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go. But I just want to let you know that, you know, I considered it. Yeah, I almost went. <laughs> I almost did. So just want to let you know. Um, but that didn't go over very well at all. Um, and I didn't understand at the time. Like, why are you so angry? I'm not leaving. I love you so much that I'm staying for you. Um, but I mean, it would have been great for the health of the relationship and to inform him um, that this was, you know, something that I was doing, actively doing, maybe introduce it as a joint decision or get his input from it. Um, I remember that. I was only 20 at the time, but I remember it distinctly. Yeah, I think like situations like that are so hard to when other people are involved and like depending on their 
emotional awareness or um, like, do they know how they respond? Are they going to take everything personally? Like what's their intelligence, like emotional intelligence? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Whole layers of complications to things. Oh my gosh, so much to consider. Other people's feelings, my own feelings. <laughs> right. And let me pull up your chart. You you also have an undefined solar plexus, like I do, which means we take in the feelings and feel them even stronger. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sure do. Everyone's feelings. I got them. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Those are not mine. I can feel them and let them go. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, holding on to those. I mean, you have your own feelings, but letting them go is so relieving, but yeah. so hard to do when you're so used to hanging on to them. And you're empathetic, and you say that that's a strong point, which it can be, but not to the extreme, I guess, us mm-hmm. solar plexus. Yeah. Take it too. Yeah. Yes. What other questions do you have for us? Uh, what other questions do I have for us? Hmm. So as a manifester, <laughs> I have so many ideas, yeah. so many, um, and I just, they never get done for many a reason, mostly because there's so many, and I have never thought of me as the, just the information giver, and just the starter, and then I can have people that are interested in this to take the ball there, so that way my ideas won't fizzle out in the middle. Do you mm-hmm. know how many times I want to start a podcast? So many, <laughs> but it never happened mm-hmm. um, because I would have the idea and then I would just go off. I have to do this on my own. So how do you recommend um, kind of getting start? How do you choose the ideas? Is this another personal thing that I need to figure out or ha- based on my chart, when do I know? Like, is this something that's a fleeting thought? Is this something that I need to take to the next person? <laughs> so many questions. Yeah, so many questions. So there's so, so much we can dive into with this. So another cool thing about your chart is you have a completely open head center and a completely open Ajna center. So those are the top two, um, which are basically like your crown chakra and your third eye chakra. It's the top ones where you get your inspiration from. So yours is completely open, which means you're getting inspiration from everywhere and everything. And you don't have a set way of like processing it because your Ajna is also open. So you might be super logical about one thing and then very sensory about another thing. And then very like taking things through your own personal experiential lens about another thing. Like you have all these different ways to process information. Um, So that's probably one reason why you have so many different ideas that might feel like scattered or overwhelmed because you don't have any like funnels there. Like you're just taking it all in all the time, right? Um, So then the next step is, okay, how do you choose which to move forward with, which goes to your authority and your spleen? Your spleen will tell you. Oh, that's right. I I know right away. You already know. You know. we just kind of question ourselves or um, with the, the open head center, you might feel like inspired by something, but it's not something you're actually inspired about. It's just something that someone else is doing that they're inspired about. So like my example is all these people in Austin where I live are really into bouldering, like rock climbing. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds fun. And I'm like, no, I actually don't want to do that. Like, it just seems cool because they're like, I'm inspired by them, but 
but it's not something that I actually want for myself. So it's like knowing how to differentiate that with your open head center. Um, and then also trusting your spleen. Like it will tell you yes or no. You'll know if you listen. And I think you have a pretty good relationship with your spleen. Which sounds weird. <laughs> I know. It's always like your gut or, yeah. you know, your heart. But I'm just thinking with my spleen. My spleen. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but trusting that. And then, yes, as a manifester, your job is to initiate to get things started. Um, and then bring in the generators and manifesting generators to follow through. Because manifestors don't have a defined sacral center, which is that constant life force, that constant energy. So if you were to try to keep something going forever and ever, you would eventually burn out. Like you can't really do that. So you have to bring in other people. Hence why I do not do a podcast all on my own because it would not work. <laughs> like I need other people in here to like push it along with me. Um, so yeah, does that help? It does really, really help. Yeah, for sure. Just like, sometimes you just need that second voice to be like, okay, Katie, it's okay to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. it's good. You, you know, so sometimes you need that voice of reassurance. Yeah. yeah. And I think like for manifestors and projectors and reflectors too, like we don't have the sacral center defined and that's the biggest challenge for us, I think, because the rest of the population does like, two thirds of the people out there can go, go, go. And I say, it's like hustle like a generator. And so we've been kind of trained to do that and it's, it's not how we're made. And then we get exhausted and we just need to take naps. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It's, it's crazy. It was great to understand that too, because I, my energy comes in bursts. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it, it's like this power hour, get crap done like, and it hits and you know, it hits and you yes. need to, I need to act on it or else yes. it's going to pass. It's kind of like the luggage belt at the airport. <laughs> like you see your luggage, grab your suitcase, now. Grab your suitcase <laughs> and go with it because otherwise you're going to have to wait for it to come around and you can't like stop the oh, yeah. tracks and stop everything. Like you just go get your luggage with the big pink bow. Um, but, um, what's really frustrating is that it's unpredictable. You yeah. don't just like that luggage. Um, it, it could hit at any time. Mm -hmm. So it could hit at 9 p.m. I could say, you know, I really want to work on this project at work and I have a really a whole lot of creativity to lend to it right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's getting to be p.m. So I need to make that less than three hours, but I need to act on it. And then on the flip side, uh, when there is no energy, there just is no energy. So mm -hmm. I'll have client meetings. I'll have... Um, conferences i'll have conversations with friends and the energy's just not there mm -hmm. uh, i just have you found a way to kind of harness that energy when you need it like there's no storage like okay i'll store you for Wait, later. i'll save you for later <laughs> yeah like mm -hmm. is there a way to have you found any way to do that that's what i really really struggle with yeah um short answer is no <laughs> i love that we're talking about this though because I'm, uh, I'm running a, a three-week group coaching program for projectors right now, and tomorrow night is our call, and we're talking about energy. Like, that's what the entire hour is going to be about. Um, and so I've been working on the outline for all of that and, like, journaling on these questions of, like, okay, well, when do you have the most energy, and, like, is it a, like, is it always at 8 a.m. every morning? Like, is it a consistent thing, or is it, like you said, where, like, you don't, it's inconsistent. You don't know when it's going to come. Um, and then what do you do when you don't have energy and how do you deal with like 
the guilt and shame that comes along with that of like, I should be able to like buckle down and do this. Um, so I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm still like too new to this to have an answer. Like, cause I've only been like in my projector experiment for like what, almost six months now. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know, but it's, it's been a lot of trusting that the burst will come again mm-hmm. and that I can take a nap and the world's not going to end. <laughs> like just let yourself rest when you're tired yeah. um, and removing any meaning. Like that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that I'm not a hard worker or I don't care or I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of removing that judgment. But that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> it's, it's, it's comforting to know that there's other people out there that feel that same way, that mm-hmm. it's just inconsistent. And then when you're kind of forcing that, that energy, and for me, my not self is anger. So I'm getting mad. Like, why are you person on the phone with me? Why are you boss bothering me at 2 p.m. in the afternoon in the middle of the workday when I'm not, I don't have my burst of energy right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and you not, did not initiate that conversation. <laughs> did I ask you for this? Did I inform you that I wanted to have this conversation? Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, so it's just frust- It's so so frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. This is such an interest- interesting topic because I'm thinking now. Okay, what do I do? And really, it's caffeine is a big thing. Like when I know that I need energy and I don't have any, I'm like, okay, I gotta figure this out. Let's get some caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then a big mental thing that I do is like, it's not bribing myself, but it's like, okay, you only have to make it until 7.30 tonight and then you can get in bed and relax. Yeah. <laughs> get to 7.30. Yeah. Um, and just like knowing that I have that, like I'll block off like three and a half hours of downtime every day just because I'm like, okay, I know that when I get home, I can relax. Like, just like, get the energy moving. And then tonight you can sit and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you also during your power hours or your get crap done hours, those special three hours, do you get a whole lot of stuff done? Like more than most people or many people make it done in an entire day. Like, yes. yeah. 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 And so I remind myself of that too. Like you have been super productive and you got a lot done and I've started like I have little post-it notes here on the table that I write down what I want to get done that day. And if I can cross everything off, then I can feel good. And I can get that done usually within like two hours. Like, and then I'm like, okay, I was, I did what I needed to do today. <laughs> yeah. 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 And acting on it as soon as that urge for me, I've been practicing this a lot because I'll want to do things a whole lot, but if I do not act on that burst, that luggage is going to go right by. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I think in the morning, okay, I think I better get up, I get up, or I've been practicing this the last week Mm -hmm. or so. Um, Or, okay, I'm going to run and get my coffee now. Well, that's never a problem. I always have time to do that. I'll figure it out. Um, Or I I need to send that email. Let me do it now because now I'm inspired to do it. Instead of letting that opportunity pass and then, I can cross more things off my list, but it's so easy to let it pass and kind of mentally put it off until later. But for me, later usually never comes until one day before it's due. Right. When you have to. (laughs) Yeah. I have no choice if I want to keep a job or a friend or a relationship. Yeah. For Uh, sure. Do you have a morning routine? Like, well, actually, are you a morning person? Do you wake up with energy? No, no, <laughs> not at all. I do not like mornings. My creative time is at night. Um, 
I am my best between 8 and 8 p.m. and 1 a.m., but my career choice um, does not allow for that as much. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what do, you, what do you do in the morning? Like, do you have, every, like, do you just get coffee and then get to work, or what do your mornings look like? Now, since I'm actually acting on getting up, it's mm-hmm. I'm getting up, I'm washing my face, brushing teeth, all that stuff. Then I get some breakfast, I go get coffee, and then I get to work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes meditation, depending on the day and what time I get up. And you work from home, right? I do. I have a home office. Nice. Probably very healthy for a manifester to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I've noticed like over the past 10 years since I've been in like the career world after grad school, I started noticing like I get very um, angry or bitter or resentful or whatever you want to call it if I have to just get up and like go and like get ready and then go to work. So I started building in time every morning, even when I had an office job of like getting up an hour early so I could just like sit and be with myself and write in my blog or like whatever I wanted to do, like having that time for myself. And so even now, like I make sure that 90% of the time I wake up, I have time to like ease into my day because otherwise I just get really cranky. Yeah. 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 How dare you day? Just let me be. (laughs) Right. I'll get it done eventually. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Do you have any other questions we haven't dove into? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, dived? I don't know the correct way to say that. Didn't? No, it's definitely not <laughs> didn't. Um, something that I noticed, I don't know how much of a question it is, but I think the most, I guess, transformative thing for me that I read about, um, let's see, uh, it was uh, overcommitting and making promises that you can't necessarily keep to yourself and to mm-hmm. others. Um, in order to prove your worth. Um, and I think, I don't know where I found the quote, but it was definitely, I think it was probably in the report you gave me, but it was, don't make promises to yourself or others. You have nothing to prove, which I thought was really super powerful and not much of a prior, but I did get like a little, that was really great to see in writing. So you don't, I always wondered why I over-promise. I over-deliver because I have to, but I will go, I will run myself ragged to make that promise come true. Um, But the reason why I make it is to make that promise to begin with is to prove something, prove that I'm more Mm -hmm. and better. Um, So that was really interesting to see. And I'm trying to put myself in the check. I haven't had any promises to make yet, Mm -hmm. but I will definitely be checking in with myself before I make those to make sure they're achievable. Yeah. So this is interesting because I'm, I'm looking at your chart now. And so uh, from your, any gates from your spleen or your solar plexus. And so a gate is just like a half line. It's not connecting two centers together. So like, for example, you have gate 44, gate 50, and gate six out of your spleen and solar plexus. And those translate to fears that you have. And so, like you said, some of your fears are like fear of over committing, or making uh, promises you can't keep. Um, There's another one about like taking on too much responsibility um, because you want to take care of other people, which I think goes back to that whole like initiating and not wanting to upset them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So that all ties in. And then the other piece of all of this is that you have an undefined heart center. Um, and so people with an undefined heart center, they usually tend to like vacillate between feeling like overly worthy and I'm better than everyone else or completely unworthy and like I don't deserve anything. Um, and so the, a good mantra for that is like, I don't have to make any promises to myself or other people. I have nothing to prove. I'm good enough just as I am. Like really like taking away all of that extra stuff and being like, I'm worthy just because I'm me and just because I exist. Like there's, there's nothing to prove here. Um, so I think that definitely shows up in your heart, your ego center and in those fears and the spleen and solar plexus. So it's like a, a double whammy. <laughs> That's fun. That's great. Yeah. I'm so thrilled about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I have a lot, I don't, I have a defined heart, but I have a lot of those same fears in my chart. Um, and it's like reading about them the first time is never easy. Cause you're like, Oh man, like what's wrong with me. But then once you like let it sink in and you think about it and then you're like, okay, I can start recognizing when I do this. And then I, for me at least I can then separate it and be like, okay, this doesn't mean that I'm like a bad person or I'm doing something wrong. Like this is just how I was designed and now I can become aware of it and I can start shifting it or I can continue the same pattern if I want and keep doing these things. Yeah. But just know that that's, that's like a piece of you, but there's, there's nothing wrong with it. So um, it's still not the easiest thing to like, it's not the easiest pill to swallow, but it's, it's good to know, I think. Yeah, it's, it's great to know. And it's not easy to read some of this stuff. It's, it stings because you realize the roles that you yourself have played in yeah. some things. Um, and just, it, it was, I wanted to call so many people and be like, hey, so remember that fight we had? Death, you're still, you're still to blame too. But here's my role. I understand my role. I did not inform. I did not let you in. I did not have healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. I did not save my energy for the right times. It's just, I have all the apologies, but I mean, they don't need them. I'm sure. Uh, it's mostly me forgiving myself. Now I know why I did these things. Now I know yeah. I did it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great to understand that. Like I'm not a broken person. It's not, mm -hmm. I couldn't make this work or I did something wrong or I was emotionally unavailable. It was me acting how I was preconditioned. And now I know that that know how I'm designed and now I can act and be that way. And I've already seen changes in my friendships and the way that I approach them and just my whole mindset. So I'm super pumped. That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I, I love this so much because now I'm like, okay, let's bring your friends in and let's read their charts and let's see like how they're designed. And then you guys can have a conversation and be like, yeah, I do this. Yeah. It's yeah. so awesome. Make sure I have a projector and, you know, all these different people in my life put out like an ad on Bumble. Like, hey, manifestors yeah. taking projector. <laughs> yeah. 59 channel. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's funny. On all of my dates, when they ask what I do and I tell them about this, they're like, I have no idea what that is. And will you read my chart? And I was like, yes, I will. Because I'm super curious. I need to know what your chart looks like. Um, yeah. It's so funny. Have you turned anyone down because you just know that it wouldn't work? Or do you tell them, hey, no. <laughs> that's good. That's nice. 
<laughs> and be like, you have channel 14. This is not going to work. Could you imagine that conversation with him and his friends? Or if on the flip side, yeah. if some guy said, you have a channel 14. So, sorry. Uh, that'd be awful. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay. I feel like we covered a lot. What else? Is there anything pressing? Oh, we haven't covered <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. It's just, uh, the, no, I think we covered everything in such a short amount of time. I, yeah, it was just, yeah, I haven't really looked too much into my channels and connectors yet. I've just been so stuck on just my type and my authority and my not self and my life path. And then now there's so many numbers on my chart that I just want to look up every single one and find new aha moments. I can't mm -hmm. do it. I have a notebook of like 15 pages. Yes. I'll just know. So many, so many numbers, but yeah, it, I mean, starting with your type and strategy and authority is the best place to start. So that's fantastic. And then once you feel like you understand that and you've started experimenting with it, then you can dive into the channels and everything. Um, but you, for people listening. I, I'm just going to tell them what you have. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Show your chart to the world. Eventually my, my goal with this is to like put people's charts up on my website with their podcast. So people listening can then go look at the chart and like follow along as we're talking about it. Wouldn't that be fun? fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Um, okay. So Katie has uh, the channel one eight, which is the channel of inspiration from her, uh, throat to her G center. She also has channel of the wavelength, which is 1648 from her throat to her spleen. And then channel 1858 from her spleen to her root, which is the channel of judgment. And when you combine the channel of the wavelength with the channel of judgment, it becomes like the design of talent. So you're super talented. <laughs> say. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically that piece is like about, uh, finding something that you're super passionate about and diving into it and practicing it over and over and becoming an expert. Um, and then the judgment piece of like perfecting it, like looking for the pieces that aren't exactly how you want them and fixing them. Um, which I think is, is really cool. So you're probably a perfectionist if I had to guess. Yes, definitely a perfectionist, um, a certification collector. If there's a new certification in digital marketing that there is to get, I will go out and you know, I will get it. I do not care if it's free. It's like those little blog awards that we used to win. Do you remember those? The badges. Yeah. yeah, the award badges. Yeah, if there's a new one, I'm getting it. I'm putting it all over my about page. <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, those are your like three main channels. So you can start diving into those and then of course, all of the gates. But if you're going to start with the gates, um, you can look at on your chart, there's the two lines of numbers on either side, the black and the red. Mm -hmm. um, the black one are the conscious ones. And you can start with your sun. So that's the top one. So yours is 48. So then you can look into what is gate 48, because that's your conscious sun. And so that's going to be like the strongest, most like prominent aspect of your personality like in astrology like your sun sign mm -hmm. is like whatever i'm a virgo um so that would be kind of like the equivalent like what's your big major gate 
Mine is called the gate of friction, which means all of my relationships aren't going to be easy. <laughs> <I'm> like, really? <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Can we fix it, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can I trade? Yeah. So, um, okay, now I'm curious. I'm going to look in my book and see what yours is because I don't I'm know interested, it. too. I was actually going to ask you. Okay. Gate 48 is the well, the gate of depth. I think we talked about this. Oh, I thought you said death and I was like the gate death. of death. Death, like deep, very deep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, puppy, don't start growling. There's people walking by. Okay, I'm just going to read this because it'll be better than any like paraphrase I can do in two seconds. Okay. Um, Gate 48 provides a potent awareness rooted in deep instinctual memory that gives you the potential or the potential depth to bring logic's real and workable solutions to the problems of society. More than anything, you want to express and share your depth in order to help others recognize, correct, and perfect the world we live in. Without Gate 16, do you have Gate 16 in your chart? Let me see. Yeah, oh, 1648, duh. Yes. So gate 48's off of your sleeve. So you have to gate 16, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, so basically, you're going to um, be really deep and have all these solutions to offer people, and they can, like, provide the foundation for either evaluating or perfecting or improving the skills of other people. Yeah, that'll help a lot in career-wise because it's my job to come up with ideas for betterment of businesses and then you have the, the workers, the people. See, that's so much better than mine. That's like, oh, you're just going to have lots of issues in your relationships. <laughs> help. Like, <laughs> Wait for someone to invite you. Wait okay. for a manifestor. No, but like mine is conflict the gate of friction <laughs> okay yours is nice you can at least use it in your career mine's like be ready nothing is going to be easy with people at least it's a warning mm -hmm. and it's been true like as much as i try to make things work i just don't so, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> then I can be like, it's just my human design, guys. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, everything's good. When I'm angry, I'm going to start using that. It's just my human design. It's my not self. I've thought about that. when. So, like, the guys that I date, we talk about human design. Cause it's the thing I'm into. And some of them ask a lot of questions. And so they start to understand a little bit of, like, my splenic authority. And I make decisions with my spleen. And it's just this gut feeling. And I can't control it. So then when I'm not feeling it being like it's just my spleen i'm sorry <laughs> like <laughs> just this feeling i haven't said that to them yet but i think it like i'm gonna be that weird girl that all these guys are talking about yeah she just told me that her spleen her spleen i don't know is she sick i don't know it's her spleen yeah. she with her spleen she broke up with me because her spleen told her to <laughs> yeah. this girl she told yeah. me I didn't have a channel 14 and then her spleen told me <laughs> yeah I love it anyway um, okay anything else before we wrap up 
No, I don't think so. Obviously, I have so many channels and numbers, but I'm not even there yet. Yeah, so. that's like next level. Yes. So once you dive into that, if you're interested, we can bring you back for another round. I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, did you pull up your chart of your assistant or anyone that we were talking about before? I have not yet, but I did do um, my cousin who was born on like the same day, the same year as me, but a different time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hmm, how many of these things would be the same? And some of them are the same, same authority, but her numbers um, yeah. on the sides are different. And I've been asking my friends if they can tell me what time they're born and they're really getting tired of it. Like one of them told me that it's not on her birth certificate. And I was like, well, can we figure out how to go get that or, mm-hmm. or no? just want to figure out what my, what my circle is like. like yeah, how can I help you do this? I have an idea. Now you do it. I'm going to inform you on how to do it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, if she won't do that, you can also look up her chart. Just like do one at 3 a.m. and one at noon and one at 8 p.m. and just see how different they are. It could change totally. Or it could be like she's a manifester at all three times. And so then you know she's probably a manifester if it's consistent. Yeah, the one funny thing that did happen, I guess this is the last thing. Um, I was telling my boss that um, I was going to be recording a podcast on human design. And he said, I don't know what that is. And I was like, well, I don't expect you to, but here's what it is. And he said, that sounds miserable. I was like, (laughs) so I was like, well, why? Why why would you say that? And he said, well, I don't know. I don't like those things. I don't like when people put me into a box. So I was looking over my notes um, in my uh, manifestor stuff, and it said that manifestors hate being put into boxes. So I don't know what time he was born, but if he was a manifestor, that would make so much sense. That yeah. You could also be a manifesting generator, which like has pieces of a manifestor in it, um, which is so, I mean, I know everyone has their different views of personality tests and astrology and human design, but to me, it's not a box. It's like more freeing than anything. Yeah, definitely. Opened my eyes to things. It's allowed me to, for- in a short amount of time I've been looking into this, it's allowed me to forgive myself for stuff, um, mm-hmm. to let relationships go. Like, this is exactly why this didn't work. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's been super helpful for me. So he doesn't have to be put in a box if he doesn't want to. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You do you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> well, this was super fun. Thank you again for coming. Yes, thank you for having me. It was an honor. Do you want people to find you online? They sure can. I'm Katie Callahan (laughs) everywhere. Katie Callahan. Mm -hmm. And I will tag you on Instagram when this comes out. So people will follow. Are you you're on Instagram, yes? I am at Katie Callahan. Like I think I follow you, maybe. (laughs) Me and my dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has the cutest dog. If you like little pups, go follow along. Um, all right. This was a wrap. Thank you again. What a lovely way to spend Wednesday evening. Yes. All right. Bye. The more subscribers and reviews we get, the higher iTunes rates the podcast and the more exposure we get, which means more and more people are learning about human design. And when more people learn about human design and begin living according to their type, we're changing the world for the better. So head on over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review sharing what you got out of today's episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.